All right, here we are. Episode 20, a uh, big day here at Math Podcast. <laughs> um, the office is buzzing. The office is buzzing. Fever. Yeah. The sponsors are filling up the phone lines. Uh, I mean, but they're we gonna. We had to. We had to. I had to hang up with one just to record this podcast. Yeah, I'm getting so they, many sponsorship requests. They're gonna have to wait. Please, no calls for the next thirty minutes or so as we uh, as we re- record this epic uh, episode, episode twenty. Um, I am Alf at home. Your Matt's at home. And this is the Matt's podcast where we find ourselves. Uh, with a whole new reality after last week's trade. So uh, I don't even know where to begin. What would we like to begin yeah, that's, today? That's a good way of putting it. Well, I think we have to start with, with Nerland's Noel, who uh, the Mavs have played four games since uh, the All-Star break, since we last recorded a podcast. He did not play in the Minnesota game, but he played against New Orleans. Uh, Miami, and then last night against Atlanta. And um, I gotta say, so far so good for the Nerlens Noel era. Yeah, I think so. I'd have to agree. It's looking like he'll be up to, you know, giving us a ten and ten every night fairly quickly. Um, I think you saw right off the bat he spaces the floor in a way just. Just Bogut could never do, right? Yeah, I mean, just athletically, he's so long, and I mean, it's impressive. You know, you heard about, or at least I heard about this after the trade that this was a guy who could step out and defend on the perimeter a little bit. He, he's very active defensively, and I mean, it's it's crazy though to see him just do those kinds of things. And you know, so much of his impact so far has not been, you know, statistics. Like he's not blocking five shots a game, getting twenty rebounds, but just his presence in there has really been has really made a difference. I actually I did a little research. Here we go. And, All right. Uh, you know, Demarcus Cousins had like twelve points the other night. Yeah. Uh, when the Pelicans were were in Dallas, and the last time the Mavericks held him under twenty points was during the twenty fourteen twenty fifteen season. Wow. Uh, so it's been a couple of years since he's had a sub-20 point game against the Mavericks, but that year, that was the last Tyson Chandler year here. I love it. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's, again, that's a great observation. You know, it's like that's a guy who just feasts on the Mavericks. And granted, Anthony Davis had a monster game that night, but, you know, Noel's only going to do so much. You know, New Orleans, the big thing behind that trade was they have these twin towers now. And yeah, I think in their yeah. debut against the Rockets, they combined for like 70 points. And yeah. against the Mavericks, it was like Anthony Davis had something like 37. But, yeah, DeMarcus Cousins was kind of held in check, which is very rare for uh, for the Mavericks to do. No, that's a good point. I, I have to relate it to uh, – that's an analogy I could think of is when you've dated this crazy girl for so long – and then you like to state somebody stable and you're, you're just in disbelief. You're, it's like PTSD. You just keep waiting for her to like go off or hate you or something. And it's like, I'm in disbelief. Like I, I just assumed the center was completely like 
had cement shoes on or or whatnot. Because even even Sala can be a little slope-footed. He, you know, he's good with the squat. <laughs> that's, that's an understatement. That's an yeah, understatement. Yeah. yeah. So, so seeing him just sort of like float on the court and just drift in and out of screens and, you know, help help side D and then go get his man again. I'm like, is it even possible? Like, I didn't even think it was possible. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's been it's been subtly mind blowing if if that if that even makes sense. <laughs> no, you know what's mind blowing really is just looking at the team in general right now. You know, last yeah. night I, I was watching as you know we rallied against the Hawks in the fourth quarter, uh, third and fourth quarter. You know, had a good second half, but you look out there and it's like. There's Nerland's Noel, and, and Salah actually had a good game last night. So he, he played a bunch in the second half. Yeah, he, he got did. Harrison Barnes, Seth Curry, Yogi Ferrell, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith. And you're looking out there, and it's like the Hawks are a pretty good team. And yeah. none of the guys the Mavericks had out there were with the team a year ago. And and they're out there, and they're young, and they're, you know, it's like, yeah, they didn't win the game, and they made some dumb plays down the stretch, but, I was almost like, who cares? Like, this is so fun to watch, this young yeah. team, uh, and, and just to see the things that they can do. Um, and it really makes it exciting for, uh, for the future. No, I agree. I, I think Nerland's a great fit, the vertical spacing he provides, just a, sort of like a top of the key to the basket type spacing, uh, the threat he gives on the pick and roll. Uh, you saw it in that first game. Dirk was just, you know, Dirk was just so open. You feel like he could play three, four more years if he's with Noel. You know, just if he, he could just go like, you know, six for eight, 15 points, six rebounds, uh, as the backup. Like why, why couldn't he? You know, it's just, it's just so easy with him on the court. Um, so anyways, I, I think it's a plus plus on the trade. I, uh, I did listen to a little True Hoop podcast and they were saying how, you know, if the Mavs end up giving, uh, Noel four years, 80 million, that, that the trade's going to look a lot worse for them. I, I still disagree with that. I, I think Noel, with the way the NBA is going, I, I think he's, he's an ideal center because he's so athletic. I think if it was more of a Andre Drummond that uh, you've got the free throw issue and, and you know, he's just a inconsistent player at times. I, but even then, you still want him. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. I, I think Noel's a great pickup uh, for defensive, uh, where, where the league's going defensively. He's, he's going to be a good find for years to come. I really think that. And he's so young. You know, I think it's, yes, maybe there's not enough of a track record to throw out $20 million a year. You know, that's, that's a ton of money. But at the same time, I'm like, why wouldn't we do that? I guess is the question. I, it's like, okay, let him walk. And then, and then what? Nah. There's really no alternative, I think. Here's the deal. I mean, we, I think that's how we got the trade done was basically they were saying, Hey, we're going to offer him four for 80 in the off season. Do you want to match that and be stuck with him? Or do you want to trade him for something now? 
And that's how they got the deal done. 100% they're re-signing him. Do I hope we get a little bit of a discount? Sure. But if it ends up being four for 80, that's totally fair. He's the perfect center for Carlisle's offense. And um, they are going to mold him. I mean, in two years, he's going to be a completely different center. And the thing, uh, I don't know if we mentioned this last week, but he's 70% from the free throw line, which puts him in different stratosphere as a Deon, versus a DeAndre Jordan or an Andre Drummond because that just shows he has touch. And um, yeah. that can only be improved upon. I mean, it, it's pretty exciting. Uh, and they're going to get him in the whole off season. He's going to be in the weight room. He's going to be gaining weight. He's going to be working on the defense, working on the offense. It's he's going to be a completely different player in six months. So well, and he's not going to be in a situation where we're going to go and draft a center right right after him, which is what's been happening in Philadelphia. He's just seen them draft center after center, and they ended up with this, you know. Uh, overload at this one position. So it's, and, and we'll talk more about the Sixers later, but uh, I think that's going to help too, knowing that he's kind of a guy at that position. You know, that's got to be a good boost for a guy. Yeah, I agree. And then his lockers right next to Dirk. I, I think Dirk, this is why they want Dirk to keep playing because this is where the culture and the atmosphere is totally going to rub off on this guy. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, he's going to grow in the next six months more than he has in the last four years, guaranteed. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. which leads us to another growth point, I think, this week, which is, uh, you know, I, I want to say about every two or three weeks we talk about Seth Curry. And yeah, he keeps, he keeps breaking through um, thresholds, or, you know, a glass ceiling we may have thought he had reached. And now I'm at the point where, you know, at first we're like, oh, we've got a great rotational player. Oh, you know, could he be a starting point guard? Is he a future six man? Now I'm like, he's the closest thing this league has seen to Jason Terry, I feel. Um, he's exactly the same size, 6'2", 185. He's got the irrational confidence oozing out of him. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the the way he stepped up, like, he, he just gives me that same sense where it's like, you know, I never thought Jason Terry was a franchise player, but, you know, you always thought he was, you know, key cornerstone maverick. And I'm starting to feel that way about Seth. Yeah, it's really one of those things where, and this is kind of how it was about Harrison Barnes earlier in the year, is that it's like, hey, he's having a good stretch of games. Hey, another good stretch of games. And now we don't really even talk about Harrison Barnes. It's like, well, he's just good. He's like our best player, and he, he's really good. He just does good things every game. Yeah. And with Seth Curry, it's kind of been the same process where it's like, hey, he had a good game. Well, it's another good game. And so as this sample size increases, and he just kind of keeps doing these things, which is, you know, hitting big shots and, you know, kind of scoring in different ways. I, I think the Jason Terry analogy is great because, yeah, Terry was never kind of the, the alpha guy here, but 
I don't think it was ever like, let's get rid of, I think maybe I had a couple moments where it was like, we could use a little bit of a better defender than Jason Terry. Um, But he was always there. I mean, hitting big shots. And I mean, he he was definitely a guy that was crucial to to winning a title here. So uh, no, I think that's a great analogy. And he's Curry. I think the thing that stands out to me is that he's just starting to do this game after game after game, where it's like, we had Yogi Mania for a couple of weeks there, and, and he's kind of settled in and, and not having crazy games every night. Yeah, you know? I agree. Uh, I think the league's got a little more tape on him and starting to starting to maybe do some things against him, and it's up to him to make that adjustment now. But with Curry, it's like we keep seeing him every night. And people kind of know what he's about. I was amazed last night of how open he was over and over again against the Hawks, and he was like five of seven from threes. And, yeah. Well, he's creating his own shot, which is such a key to, to stay in this league and excel. And uh, it's just been so impressive. It's, it's funny because you have he had the irrational confidence of essentially playing against um, his brother his whole life and his dad. But now he's starting to have like the in-game confidence where I know how to create my shot. I know how to play against this team. And that's where it's just on a different level for him. And uh, I think really exciting for Mavs fans because, again, we have him for another year at $3 million. And uh, let me look at his stats here for February. February, 16.7 a game um, with 3.6 assists, 3 rebounds. I mean, that's a great stat line for your starting two guard, you know, and a very, very CJ McCollum like in the, in the way of playing, um, you know, undersized two, but depending on the point guard we pick in the draft, that's still, that still could be fine. You know, if we end up, ended up with one of those top two point guards, they're six five. And then, uh, yeah. I think even uh, the guy supposedly they like Frank, Frank uh, Tilakina. I think it's Tilakina. Um, I think he's six five two or six four. So it, it could easily work defensively, um, especially with the addition of Noel. Now um, he could definitely be a long term fit. I mean, you're looking at Noel, Barnes, uh, Matthews, and Curry as, as suddenly this this new generation of Mavericks for the future, right? Yeah. No, I, that's that's the exciting part is that you see that group out there. They're not only young, but, they, yeah, they, they're doing things against these teams. And, you know, they're not going to win every night. And I think the, the good thing, if you're a Mavs fan, is that they're still losing games and they're going to not – they're going to finish and – probably the lottery they're probably not going to make the playoffs it's going to be close but yeah yeah you know chance chance for a high pick but even if it's in the teens it's certainly not going to drop to where philadelphia would get that pick from them and uh you're going to see an impact guy come in and that's that's pretty exciting too uh just how young this team's going to be and yeah i think dirk will hang around for another year or two and and why not like he right now he's finally in the position he's wanted to be in the last couple years where you know, it's it's Curry and Barnes and, and all these other guys really doing a lot of the dirty work, and he's starting to see more and more open looks. Yeah. No, I think it's great. 
I think it's great. And so you've got uh, got a really good core moving forward. And uh, I'm just appreciative of the Mavs. They've they've really shifted their philosophy towards player development. The players are developing, and uh, they're doing smart moves. You know, as the CBA changed, they've changed, and uh, it's paying it's paying great dividends already. So it's going to be going to be interesting this offseason to see uh, who they pick up um, and who they invest in to just improve for the future because if we pick up another guy like Seth Curry on the cheap that we could develop as well you know and just keep going in that direction so yeah just things to come all right so uh, let's see we got here around the league uh, what, what are some points around the NBA now we yeah, I want to talk about a couple of the uh, kind of kind of Mavs-related things around the NBA. Um, Joel Embiid, they announced yesterday, was going to be out for the rest of the year. And so mm. now Philadelphia, mm. who really, you know, some of the justification they made was like, well, we've got Embiid, and we don't really need Noel with Embiid, and so we could trade Noel. Well, now Embiid's out, and now that injury <laughs> question, which is always – hung over Embiid's head, it's like you've got a sample size of like 30 games this year where he was really good. But then yeah. he got hurt again. And yeah. you wonder if he's just going to be a guy who gets hurt. And you're stuck with Jaleel Okafor. And mm. I saw the Sixers when they played here against the Mavs. And, I mean, he's he's pretty good offensively, but he's a zero on the defensive end. And, yeah, you know, that's really not a guy I think you want to. And again, Noel's kind of the opposite, you know, not doing a ton for you offensively, but better defensively. But, you know, when you're thinking about if Embiid is your guy and dominating on both ends, if you're just going to bring in a center off the bench who can just score a little bit, I don't think that's really helping you a whole lot. (laughs) He's out. I mean, they just have to feel worse if you're the Sixers about trading Noel for nothing. Yeah, I just think he's Al Jefferson 2.0, you know, and, and it's, yeah. I, I think, I don't think they feel terrible about trading Noel, um, only because they just have so many guys. I mean, Dario's probably a power forward, Ben Simmons is probably a power forward. <laughs> I mean, all they yeah. have power forwards, it seems, and they still have two picks this year, I believe. Um, they also have, do they have another guy out there I'm forgetting? I think so. Uh, Regardless. A player? No. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Okay. But, um, I mean, you look, I just think, like, you got Ben Simmons, you got uh, Dario Saric. Those guys are good, man. Or if Ben Simmons ever plays. <laughs> and <you laughs> no, they, they still got talent. I just think yeah. it's funny that they really were, like, Embiid is our guy, and he's healthy for like 25, 30 games and here he is out again. And I think you really have to wonder if he's just going to be one of those guys that's nah, I mean, yeah. broken down all the time. It, it was a stupid trade. It was a stupid trade yeah. any way you look at it. And I think they just took the mulligan on it because really yeah. they, they should have, they should have dumped Okafor. They could have easily dumped Okafor like they dumped Noel and just stuck with Noel right. in the feed. Cause Noel and Embiid could have worked. Like, Embiid's good enough yeah. to play power forward. And, um, yeah, so that was – I have no idea what they're thinking, and I don't care at this point 
because <laughs> it's, it's over. It's over in that regard. Um, so, so going along, uh, along so around another the part of that trade was Andrew Bogut. And yes. He got bought out by the Sixers, and uh, he and Darren Williams reunited in Cleveland. Yeah. And uh, so they are now both Cavaliers, and I guess maybe these are the big moves. Now, maybe LeBron now has enough talent to maybe go to the finals for the eighth straight year or whatever it is. Yeah, he might be able to pull it off, I think. <laughs> Especially with, uh, didn't Kyle Lowry break his hand? His yeah, Kyle hand? Lowry's out for like six weeks. I mean, and Kevin Durant is out for at least four weeks with a sprained MCL. So, uh, which, which I'd like to add, you know, uh, I, I mentioned earlier this year, do not doubt, do not dare the basketball gods. And so, uh, things are already starting to unfold for Derek, for Kevin Durant. So, um, I, I forgot know. about your very ominous prediction about Kevin Durant and the Warriors. And so, that's, yeah. Yeah. So wow. We, you did kind yeah. of call that. Yeah, we, we might have to replay some audio next week just to, uh, <laughs> to look at that a little bit. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I don't know what's happening there, but those guys are so cocky and arrogant. It would be great for them to just not win the championship. I think that's my, my lone goal as we get to the playoffs is just for, uh, Golden State not to win. I think I'd be happy. Oh, Golden State. State. Okay. Golden yeah, State yeah. not to win. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't care about uh, Cleveland. I Just because the city is so, you know, starved for a winner, I'd be fine if they won again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all our Cleveland listeners out there. Yes. Uh, Cleveland. Yeah. We feel, we feel enough city of pity champions. for you living in yeah. Cleveland. That we're okay with you winning another NBA title. Essentially, yeah. that's You're it. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, I don't You're mind welcome. it. And uh, uh, yeah, I be, just don't be, see how Bogut is going to all of a sudden help a team. He just I seems agree. Like he really had nothing left. Yeah, he's done, and they'll find that out pretty quickly. I, I just yeah, I like him. Uh, I did find it interesting that Carlisle did not really say anything about him. He said he spoke very highly of Justin Anderson and Darren Williams and said nothing about Bogut when Bogut left. So yeah, that was, that was, that was interesting. I, I hope, hope I'm not reading too much into it, but uh, that was worth noting. Well, I think it was interesting that early on, like, and, and this is, you know, credit Andrew Bogut for just being honest about the situation, but, I think early on there was talk that the Mavericks would use Bogus to kind of trade him for something at some point. And wow. uh, he made some comments about that publicly about, you know, I'm not here for very long. So, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. And, uh, and it's like, I think right there, if I were Rick Carlisle or just upper management, it would really just be like, All right, what are you doing? Like, I, I get it. And, you know, I get that he gets it, but it would still really annoy me if a guy was kind of publicly making comments like that. And to Darren Williams' credit, and he doesn't have a great reputation when he's been on other teams, he never griped or complained when he was on the Mavericks the last couple of years and, and the Mavericks kind of struggled, and especially this season when he was hurt. So, you know, I was happy that they kind of worked out sort of an amicable parting with him and, 
if he wants to go, you know, to Cleveland and, and do well there, then, then great. And he was actually playing some clutch minutes for them yesterday at Boston in, in his first oh, game really? with them. So, great. Yeah, he missed a three-pointer late that I think would have either tied it or given them the lead or something like that. But, he, hmm. uh, yeah, he he was out there. So Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. I think Darren Williams kind of rebuilt his reputation a little bit at his stay in Dallas. And uh, I wish him the best. I hope he wins a title, you know? So Yeah. Let's say about that. Okay, so how's the week ahead look for the Mavs? Week ahead, they've got, uh, we got the return of Chandler Parsons Friday night mm, to the AAC. This is not the first time he's returned, correct? Oh, it's not? Okay. Well, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Maybe the first time he's playing? Okay. Yeah, you might be right about that. Uh, no, actually. I think he played because I think he, like, he, like, taunted Cuban or something when he hit a three. And it was like. <laughs> uh, maybe he did. All right. I, well, we get another return to Chandler Parsons. Yeah, and we'll get to watch him score five points. And <laughs> it's like. You know, <laughs> I've earned every cent of that $27 million. Okay. He's a max guy. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, okay. So we got Memphis. What else we got? <laughs> Memphis, they got, uh, they got OKC mm. and then, uh, and then they get the Lakers again next week. Okay. So I think I rightly predicted two and two last week and you um, did. Yeah. I'm going to go two and one this week. I think we get the upset on Memphis and, uh, we wow. lose. Okay. See, okay. yeah. Uh, the two and one. Um, and we're kind of, we've been holding our position for several weeks now of just two away from a top four pick, two away from playoffs. So I have no reason to expect any different, right? For next week. Uh, I don't think so. You know, I think if I can see the Mavericks. As as the season goes along here, maybe maybe winning a little bit more, but yeah, again, maybe just falling short of the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I wonder as as Noel gets more comfortable or, or Yogi just gets more playing time, maybe maybe we get a little bit better. But you know, it's just fun that we're competitive every night. I think. Yeah, as long as the young guys are playing, I don't even care. You know, win all they want. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. We got Noel. We're going to have a draft pick. I'm happy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree. So, yeah. And even last night against the Hawks, you know, it was like, uh, I would call it like a, a perfect type of loss where you're totally rooting for him, didn't work out, and you're just like, oh, well, you know, you just move on. Yeah. So. Yeah. What you don't want to see is just some absolute stinkers, you know, like you don't want to see these guys just go out and. and get blown out by 30, 40 points where there's just no effort or something like that. But uh, I don't see that happening. And I think it's uh, it's just going to be, if, again, if, if you're a Mavs fan, this season has gone from hopeless, hopeless to very hopeful. Yeah, I agree. It's almost like a tale of two seasons, you know, and, and I'd say probably, yeah, last 2016 and 2017 have been totally different. You know, and it's, it's been quite enjoyable as of late. Yeah. So, so all right. So uh, next week uh, we will we'll review the week and uh, see how Noel has improved. 
as we monitor in the rest of the year. <laughs> Agreed, yes. See, if, see yeah. what kind of strides they can make. Yeah, let the fun continue. All right, well, I'm Al at home, and you could reach us, and you're Matt at home, and you can meet, reach us at, uh, at the Matt Podcast and mapspodcast at gmail.com. We should do a mailbag one of these next few weeks before the season. Yeah. So send in, okay. yeah, send in your questions, email us, tweet us, and we'll just do a complete Q&A episode. Yeah. I, I'm going to enjoy that. We're going we're to get to some of these questions we've been getting. So. <laughs> a lot of questions. We're way behind. A lot. So we're yeah. going to get to every one of them. Yeah. Probably. I got I to interpret some of them. You know, this is an international podcast, so. Huge, yeah. Uh, we've gone global. I mean, yeah. <laughs> We're coming right. in Mongolia. All right. I think we have two listeners in Japan, so it's very exciting. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, till next week. Uh, again, this is the Mavs Podcast, and uh, I will talk to you then, huh? All right. See you. All right. Take care. Bye.